So you mean to tell me you let a dangerous, violent, aggressive, tall woman with huge feet, according to Candace, ah! you let that person come in the house and stay with you? But Monique and Candace are making Black women look bad. What is Mia doing? What is Mia doing? Because it's the same situation, same setting. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Once a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. All right, Raindrop. So look, I did have a six-week hiatus uh, for Reality with the King podcast. And during that time, my love, the executive producer, well, now she's the former executive producer, but she is the forever fan favorite. One of my most requested guests is returning. Yes, honey. We got Jasmine Henley Brown, baby. Oh my gosh. Hello. It's so weird to be on this side and having you prep me, like the executive <laughs> producer, prepping the executive producer to talk to the executive producer. <laughs> and in the words of OG, I am your favorite executive producer's favorite executive producer. Here he is, our own little like multiverse of madness that we got going on. How are you? So listen, how about you just give the raindrops a quick update? Because look, they love you. They miss you. And people on the streets be like, uh, where's Jasmine, child? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I ain't telling Jasmine's business, yeah. child. I love it. They're looking for the 23-year-old Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> I love how somebody really thought, your friend really thought I was 23. No, long ways away. But- yes. Um, I've been great. I uh, am at Sony now. So I'm the executive producer of entertainment podcast at Sony. And it's been a really cool journey. I miss you, obviously. Like, you yeah, know, but we still talk, though. We, yeah. we still talk, but I, I miss just kind of like being with you in terms of like working with you on the show and uh, helping you out and all of that. So it's so good to just be back with you in this form outside of me just like calling you like, hey, you got five minutes. And then 30 minutes later, we still on the phone. <laughs> Good to be here. So look, we have to do a deep dive into Potomac and what went wrong this season to the point where a lot of people are turned off by it. I want to talk to you because you're not only my friend, you're not only a fan favorite, you're also a fan of Potomac. You're a Black woman as well. And all of those things to me is a condition in terms of who I wanted to talk to about this topic. I did not want to do this alone because I wanted somebody who, again, unlike me, who's not in the reality business, who doesn't have a a sort of deep relationship with the cast. So I wanted to talk to you about it because we follow each other on Twitter. And honey, Miss Jasmine said, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you stopped watching... Potomac this past season. Yes, I did. I think the last thing I remember was them. They went somewhere and they were at, they were on a bus. I think Wendy put something together. It might have been episode two or three. Oh! 
And it was oh. when, yes, Wendy had them burn the paper. Am I remember? Is that that happened earlier this season, right? Jasmine, that's like episode four. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the last episode I remember watching. The way they tried to do Candace, or the way that they were setting it up, they were going to try to do Candace and Chris. I don't fuck with that at all. That felt so dark to me and just nasty. And I'm biased because I really enjoy Candace. Like I think Candace is a star to me, right? So I'm biased. Absolutely. But. I just felt like watching anybody the way we had watched Candace and Chris and for that to kind of be the storyline they were going with. I don't know if they continued with that for the entire season, but I saw that and immediately I was like, no, this is very, very dark. Um, The housewives just has gotten to a place, all of them, right? Every city, they've gotten to a place where like, they're trying to ruin families. Like, it's not fun shade anymore. Like, y'all are trying to ruin people. And it just really turned me off and it just felt like this is a group of women. These are not friends in any sense of the imagination when filming starts they come they clock in they you know discuss their little storylines or whatever they film the show and they don't talk to each other once that's done obviously Giselle and Robin do because they have a podcast together but it doesn't feel like any of them are actually friends and it just wasn't a good watch to me I didn't get good vibes from it so I stopped whatever that episode was where they were burning a paper child at (laughs) and they weren't really trying to hear Wendy out with hers and yeah. Ashley turned on Candace real quick. I was like, yes. these these bitches are getting dark. And I say, bitch, uh, as a term of endearment, like, love them down. Respect to all women. But, you know, yes. it's a term of endearment. Yes. And listen, now that we don't work with each other anymore, we can reveal that we call each other bitches. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I have to check myself because I know everybody isn't a fan of that word. And I do, you know, genuinely apologize if you're offended by that. But that's how... Me and mine, that's how we communicate. No, that's how you and I communicate. And I had no idea that you stopped watching it that early. Like I said, I did not notice this until last week on Twitter when you revealed that you stopped watching this season at all. One of the things that you and I both used to enjoy about Potomac was it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was fun shade. It was light shade. And although we knew that Giselle was a producer and wore her producer Mm -hmm. hat. We both never felt that it was so obvious Mm -hmm. in terms of making things happen out of nowhere and pulling things out of thin air. And the problem with this season was the fact that it's truly everything you said. It was very dark. And the reason why I'm happy we're talking about this is because a physical fight does not always mean that's the only way things are dark on reality TV. Mm -hmm. At the time of my interview with Giselle, Jasmine was still on board as the EP of the show. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we all felt like, okay, Giselle's a cool woman. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what I always tell people is, outside of the show, the Giselle that I know personally is a breath of fresh air. She's so fun. However, when she's on the show, I feel like Giselle holds the weight of the show on her shoulders and she feels the need to behave in a way that is really going to turn people on her. Yeah, because the way that I've been seeing people carry on about Giselle is completely different than I think the Giselle that I was able to meet when she came on your show. I will say, obviously, I only had that experience with her and I recognize She was coming on your show. I'm the executive producer of your show. There's a level of decorum that, you know, we have with each other. So I think there is a politeness and a kindness there. But I also think that I'm a very good judge of character. And Giselle just didn't come off like a nasty person. Like she came off like a very cool, like 
down to earth woman. And so, you know, hearing what I'm hearing about her, that she's colorist, that she's evil and all of this, it it feels like it's a, a different character. Like it feels like it's a character um, that she's portraying on television. But again, I can't really say for sure. I only met her for what, like an hour and a half. So I don't know if that's how she carries on in her real life outside of situations like this. Um, I think the Chris thing, I do think there are worlds where like your perception of what's happening is, could be uncomfortable. Like whatever did happen with her and Chris, um, if he made her uncomfortable, that's Giselle's story to tell, right? Like none of us can tell her he didn't do it. I think the way that it was blown up was very unfair. And we all know that a lot of people can't, you know, think or have discussions with nuance. So it's like, once you say Mm -hmm. a man tried to be in my room with us alone and made me feel uncomfortable, people are going to automatically assume the worst. And that's what I didn't like about it. It's like, I don't, I think there was a point where she did try to clear up. Like I wasn't saying he did anything. It's just how I felt. And I do think that's the right stance to take, but I just think the way it was presented, you can't unring that bell once once it's wrong. Once you say what you say, you can't go back and like dial it back. Well, it wasn't really like that. You should have presented it that way initially. I'm confused. And I think that's why I don't like the show anymore because I'm like, who are these women really and truly? No, listen, you're confused. I'm confused. Think about it. I praise the show. I told my millions of listeners how much I love the show. I gave Giselle the coveted position in being in the top 10 greatest housewives of all time. So you're not alone, Jasmine, in your confusion. As I was watching this season, because I did watch more episodes than you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) I always said, Jasmine, something's off about this season. So when it was revealed that not only are we confused about this Chris Bassett story? Because, listen, in Giselle's defense, I have spoken to people who are friends with Giselle, and they also told me that Giselle told them days after it happened that she did feel uncomfortable. So I want to make people understand that Giselle, in real life, we have mutual friends. Our mutual friends have told me personally, to Giselle's credit, she did tell us that she felt uncomfortable with Chris. That is a truth. I think the part that gets confusing is she waited over a year to talk about it on the show. Yeah. And although as a producer myself, yes, we want you to bring things to life to the show. But I think that year and a half gap of not talking about it and Giselle saying, well, I brought it up because Ashley was talking about these DMs. It's sort of like, okay. Ashley had an Insta story. She posted a video in her stories. Mm-hmm. Chris responded to Ashley's story and said, why don't y'all come to the job he works at the W Hotel mm-hmm. uh, and party? And Ashley allegedly took that to the alleged meeting that the housewives had before filming. And that's how they made this part of the storyline, allegedly. Oh, not pre-production. Yes, this is pre-production. And that's what made Giselle allegedly bring up the Chris Bassett thing. And they started to put this issue together. So that's why it's confusing Jasmine, too, because it did happen over a year ago. To Giselle's credit, she told people immediately, but she did not tell, to your point again, Jazz, if Candace is your friend, why are you telling every Tom, Dick, and Harry about this? But you don't tell the woman you claim to be friends with who you're on the show. And 
if your intentions weren't to make Chris seem like a bad person, why not tell Candace in private without cameras there, right? Like, you know, Giselle is a brilliant woman. She knows what the implications are of telling Candace that about her husband on national television. You know what that was going to do. So if you really did care for Candace or if you weren't trying to make it what it became, why not call her right after it happened? Like, hey, girl, this just happened. I know Chris isn't this type of guy, but this did make me feel this way. And as a woman, I'm sure you can understand that. Because what I also have come to know, I think we've all come to know about Candace, she's rational until you activate her, but she's a rational person. So I think Candace would have understood if Giselle called her and said that. And even if Candace didn't, Y'all can do that over the phone. You don't have to wait until the cameras are rolling to then tell her that because one, you know, it's going to activate her and piss her off. And then you know what that looks like to the rest of us watching. Like it just, it feels dark. No, it does. And what also felt dark was, and I'm sure you saw the clips online about this, Jasmine, Mia throwing a drink on Wendy. Oh gosh. I always forget that Mia exists, but yet. (gasps) (laughs) Damn, Jazz. Mia Mia did give us a... She gave... No, okay. I'll give Mia this. Does a frog have a watertight asshole? I... (laughs) I text you that. You did. So, yes. That... Thank you for your contribution. And that's it? Uh (laughs) It feels like she's always trying too hard. And we talked about this when we were having the discussion about uh, Real Housewives of Orange County and Noella, right? Like, they have the makings of really good housewives, but they are trying too hard, and it's just coming off very inauthentic and just hard to follow, hard to relate to, hard to like. Hard to like. Hard to like on the show for me. When you saw her throw a drink on Wendy and you saw the aftermath, because again, I'm pretty sure you saw the clips of it, or or did you not? I want to say I have seen the clip of that happen because she she threw it kind of like backhandedly, like she was sitting next to Wendy. Yes, okay, I've seen that clip. Yes, yeah, she threw it to her face and she did it. And then she tried to hit her with her purse. She tried to like... No. I know, this is... The reason why I got upset about that and me and DJ Richie Sky did a recap about that episode and he felt so strongly too how disgusting and dark it was. We all agreed to that. Mia took her purse and was trying to hit Wendy with her purse. That's gutter snipe behavior. Uh Uh-uh, not gutter snipe. Mm -hmm. Jasmine, it got so bad that Wendy's employer, John Hopkins University, child, they put a black card up and said, this university has no connection to the Real Housewives of Potomac. Wait, where did they put that? They put that, you know how you put the black card up at the end? Oh, on the the TV. I think I saw a screenshot of that. On the TV screen. Oh my God, yes. But you, you, I don't want to harp on the past. What was the reaction to their coworkers after this happened? Because I really want to draw a line. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something, um, Jasmine. Let me tell you what happened first. So after Mia threw a drink on Wendy, Robin took her phone out and started recording it. And there were numerous shots of Robin laughing at what was going on in front of her. Then Giselle was eating her dinner and telling... But Wendy was, of course, you know, listen, a black girl got some, a drink thrown. So, of course, you're reacting like black folks do. Like, I'm going to beat her. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That was Wendy's natural reaction. As it should have been. Right. So, 
As any black woman in that situation would have done the same thing. I'm about to whoop her, boom, boom, boom. Even Phaedra, who has Esquire after her last name, tried to be like un Esther and get her purse and hit Kenya with it. Because when a black girl is in that, things happen. So Giselle should know that she went to an HBCU. When a person physically right. attacks you, that should be your next go-to is to defend <laughs> yourself. It's, you I know, know, but child, some of these Beverly Hills housewives don't. So anywho, Wendy was saying that, mm-hmm. and Giselle was like, she, she might hit you back. You, you know, you need to sit down, I'm paraphrasing. A few days later after that aired, I saw Giselle at Portia's wedding. Mm-hmm. Me and Giselle sat next to each other at Portia's Nigerian wedding. Because me and Giselle are friends, I will never disclose a private conversation to the public. But what I will share with you, Jasmine, and the listeners is the fact that I really took that moment and told Giselle how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I was very sincere with Giselle, who I love. I really had a real deep conversation with Giselle. And the only thing I will say is, at the very end, Giselle had her rebuttal to me, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what friends do. Me and Jasmine always have rebuttals. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're passionate about something, you just, it's not always like, yes, ma'am, yes, right. sir. No, you have a rebuttal. To Giselle's credit, at the very end of our conversation, Giselle said, I see your point. I got you. And I wanted to share that because I know Giselle gets a lot of flack. And I have had numerous moments of being disappointed with Giselle. Mm -hmm. Numerous. If a friend can be real with you, you don't want to grow. And my concern for Giselle is she doesn't have many or any people around her, Jasmine, who can tell her, like, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean it's the circle of friends you're around. Robin, if that's your best friend, both of y'all should be holding each other accountable. It shouldn't be Carlos King. And it should also be the production. How can Robin hold her accountable if Robin feels the same way and holds the same views? It's impossible. My expectation isn't for Robin to hold Giselle accountable for anything. Like I said, it's a character that she's playing. That's why it's like really hard to just get with, you know, at this point, we know reality TV, that's a loose term, right? Yes. But her saying, I see your point at the end of your talk at Portia's wedding speaks to the person that I met when she came to do your show. She seems reasonable, right? She seems nice, kind, right? That's not the person that people are experiencing on Potomac and again, I say, which one is the real? Will the real Giselle Bryant please stand up? Ooh! For real. That's how I feel about it. Like, show yourself. Because she seems like such a likable person when she's not playing the Giselle on Potomac. I think her even just kind of encouraging uh, Wendy and Mia's kind of feud is also very contradictory. Because when Monique and Candace fought, it was y'all are you know, representing Black women wrong. And I forgot all this, the shit she pulled, bringing security around her. Did she bring security with her the next time she was around Mia? I'm gonna assume no. No, and then Mia was allowed to stay in the house after the fight, and Wendy had to go in, into a hotel room. So you mean to tell me you let a dangerous, violent, aggressive, tall woman with huge feet, according to <laughs> Candace, you let that person come in the house and stay with you? But Monique? And Candace are making Black women look bad. What is Mia doing? What is Mia doing? Because it's the same situation, same setting. She's aggressive. Because according to, you know, what I've been seeing on Twitter, she also is very shady for pay. She shades her best friends and her her people. 
That's aggressive. <laughs> Hashtag aggressive Mia. She's taking that from Ashley. <gasps> from right. Love and Marriage DC, it's aggressive Mia. <laughs> exactly. Instead of aggressive Ashley, a Love and Marriage DC, Jasmine's calling her aggressive Mia. Hey, Potomac. <laughs> no, Jasmine, you just said something and the light bulb in my head went off when you said that it's shade for pay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you this. You have perfectly coined a term that fits how these new reality stars are so desperate for a moment mm-hmm. that they no longer want to showcase what's really happening in their lives because they feel like if I'm on TV, it is shade for pay. And I can be hard on the, on the, on the reality stars. As a producer, I also have to be hard on the producers. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I want for Giselle is to get on camera and have a moment of humility to say, I was wrong. Wendy, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was being duplicitous. You're right. I should have kept that same energy. I'm not perfect. I'm wrong. Giselle, if you're listening, and the producers too, this is a two-person job. Mm-hmm. Jasmine was my EP on Reality with the King for almost a year. And she would even say to me, mm, I don't like that you said that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like that. Or, hey, you said something, but I'm not sure if you knew how people are going to take it. Mm-hmm. I said to her, oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, that wasn't my intention, though. She said, oh, I didn't think it was. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm helping you. But this intelligent Black woman who I love and trust checked me. And I allowed myself to be censored. Mm-hmm. I allowed myself to be checked. And if you want to roll with the big dogs, you're going to have to allow people to check you. Ooh, I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. Allegedly, some of the Potomac girls are mad because of my recent comments about colorism and how I was so disappointed that they spoke about this important topic for two minutes on on the show. And let's be clear. The reason why I wanted more of a discourse about this is because the colorism accusations have been happening for three years. Mm-hmm. It's not like it just came up last week. It's been happening for three years. So to address it only for two minutes is why I was disturbed. And I wanted to see some humility from Giselle, Karen, Robin, and Mia to say, it's our job as light-skinned women to listen, to really see your point of view so that we can see that maybe subconsciously we are doing something that we didn't know we were doing. We're not colorist, but maybe our behavior is aligning with that. And for that, we apologize. But none of that happened, Jasmine. Because I think the idea of of colorism, and be clear, I'm very, very cautious about assigning any ism to people because I understand... When you're on a reality TV show, we're only getting little bits and pieces of what has actually occurred. And I'm not saying that the producers have done this, but they can edit any way they want. Now, what they can't edit is what you are actually doing and actually saying, but they can splice shit together to make it look like something like, 
we've seen it over the years, right? And so while they might not come out and say, I am colorist, I think what they could have done was say, I understand how I could be perpetuating colorism. Like I recognize that my treatment of Wendy when aggressive Mia attacked her uh, was very different than when I saw Monique and Candace have a fight. I, I recognize that I had a different reaction and I can understand how that may be perceived as colorism. I am not a colorist person, but I can understand one, how I benefited from colorism and two, how I can perpetuate it. And had they just said that, um, I think they need to hire Jasmine Henley Brown to be a producer on Potomac. <laughs> no, and listen, I'm not saying that to, to throw shade. Yeah. And again, listen, the moment I started this podcast, thanks to Jasmine, she and I had a conversation. I said, as long as I'm honest, I don't care about what people are going to say about me. I, I have to stay within my honesty and me being genuine. The reason why I said that, Jasmine, about you maybe needing to join <laughs> the production, <laughs> they're going to need someone that is able to keep it real with them the way you kept it real to me mm-hmm. in our personal relationship, the way you were so able to like beautifully articulate um, the messaging of what um, I was trying to say. But again, I'm not a dark-skinned Black woman, mm-hmm. and I have a knowledge that I'm still learning about my privilege being a light-skinned man and what that brought me in my life. But... I at least will always say, I don't know. I'm here to do better. And it's not my intention, but my behavior, I could do better. And I think to your point, so wonderfully, that's all we wanted. And I wish that they had somebody who looks like you, who who, who has your experience of diversity in life, to be able to say to them, hey, I'm going to say something to y'all that y'all may not like. But this is going to help you in the long run. It's one of two things happening. Either no one is there telling them this, or you girls, some of y'all, are so egotistical that you don't want to change. And if you don't change, my fear is that you guys are in your Real Housewives of Atlanta era, meaning the latter seasons. And what I mean by that, and this is my opinion, the show's in trouble. Jasmine was a fan of the show and said she she stopped watching it entirely. And I have no plans to go back to watch it. <gasps> yeah. I do want to follow up on a couple of things you said. One, I did not know that you consider yourself light-skinned. Oh, well, let's talk about you it. You said light-skinned. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm rocking. No. I'm rolling. No, this was crazy. I, as Carlos King, the human being, I don't. Okay. However, some people in the world do. Okay. And I had to learn the true story. My man, because I'd be like, yeah, you know, it's a brown skin. He said, you think you're brown? I said, I am brown. He said, you're light-skinned. And then I get that a lot. So mm-hmm. to, your, to, to your credit, I don't. The world does. And it's sort of like how... Halle Berry's mother told her, yes, you're biracial. However, you're a black woman because that's how the world would perceive you. So that's why I had to all of a sudden, because again, I'm listening. I was always told that because you're not dark skinned or Mm -hmm. dark brown, the world will look at your skin and say you're light just by courtesy of you not being a dark skinned man. I always find conversations around colorism so interesting because I didn't grow up thinking that being dark was like a bad thing. I have cousins who are very, very light and they always like made fun of each other for being like really, really light. I won't repeat the names that they've called each other um, because they are very problematic. But they all they I grew up watching them like torment each other about being light. And then my mother, 
when I was growing up, every time I would ask her like what her favorite color was, she would be like chocolate brown like you, right? So like I always grew up with my skin color being affirmed, like feeling like I was so beautiful and so cute. Even when I know I looked awkward because I look back at photos, I'm like, mom, why did I look funny? <laughs> She's like, no, you beautiful. Like you always are beautiful, right? So I've always grown up having kind of my skin color or whatever affirmed. And so I really didn't understand that colorism was like a real thing until I want to say my teen year. So I do think oh. I have an advantage in a way of like looking at it. And I think to some people it is a little naive because like I said, I wouldn't go off the rip and just accuse all the light-skinned women on Potomac of being colorist. I think that they have displayed colorist uh, views and they've perpetuated colorism. Yes. Um, But I think my view on it is a little different and it's not to take away from the experiences because I know it's not common, right? That like, when you're dark-skinned to grow up, to be made to feel like you are the most beautiful person to ever walk the planet. But my parents made me feel like that. When I am articulating a message that Giselle and Robin and Mia and Karen, uh, what they could have said, is coming from a place of like, I'm looking at this with the bird's eye view. And like, just say that you weren't aware or you didn't look at it that way or you weren't trying to be colorist. That's a better way to say it. Like, we all are going to make mistakes and we all perpetuate privileges that we hold um, onto people that don't hold those those same privileges. And so all you have to do is just acknowledge that I was perpetuating that and I know what it looked like, but that wasn't my intention. And I'm sorry. And let Wendy throw a drink back on Mia. Get your, <laughs> get, get your motherfucking look back. Because <laughs> that's how it really is. Um, so, but you said something, and we're going to wrap things up, though. You said that you have no plans on going back to watch the next season of Potomac, and I would love to know why. I am not interested. None of the kind of discourse on social media has gotten me interested. It just, it feels like there's a formula right now with, specifically with The Real Housewives. There's a formula, and I don't like what that formula is. It's like, let's pick, and this is, if you watch every city, this is happening across cities, let's pick one person this season and try to ruin their fucking lives. Like, let's pick one person and let's make them regret the day they were born type of thing. Like, it might not be that dramatic, but as a viewer, I'm watching this and I'm just like, every city, there's one person that is like just having the worst time of it. And it's like, it doesn't feel fun. Like I said, it feels like they're out to just ruin each other's lives for the sake of what, like, being the favorites on a Reddit thread or being the favorites on social media, like, it's not that deep. Just go back to, like, talking about each other's hair and, like, the freaking welcome mats in front of your doors and pressure washing your houses. Like, go back to that kind of thing. Because that is a show that I will watch, Married to Medicine. Yeah. Married to Medicine is truly the best show on Bravo. But I, I, I could not agree with you more. And that's why, again, I have to speak on the basis of being a producer that's why I'm very picky about producers I hire mm-hmm. because a lot of the new producers are fans of the show. And that's fine to be a fan of, of these of these reality shows, but they want the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. They want the altercation. They want the constant arguments. And I feel like we need to get back to what old Atlanta used to be when, you know, you saw Nene talk to her son about not um, living up to, you know, being an adult in the house. You know, where you saw um, even, look, no shade, you saw Kenya have a really special moment of 
trying to find her mom in Detroit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. knocking on the doors. Mm-hmm. That shade for, for pay is dope in terms of how you coined it because I've always said it's now a shade contest. Mm-hmm. It's now how can I eviscerate you verbally? How can I have these one-liners so I can make a cute little t-shirt and sell my merch? And it's no longer about relationships. I don't think you guys understand. It's a big deal for Jasmine to say that she has no interest in watching Potomac because she and I met on the basis of, like, loving that show together. Yes. And it, it saddens me to hear that, but my hope is that the cast who are listening, um, I really want y'all to talk about this episode and to really listen to Jasmine's point of view because, true tea, I had no idea what Jasmine was going to say. I texted her yesterday. I said, mm-hmm. last minute, can you join me? I don't want to do this by myself. I would love to do it with you. I am getting this in real time, um, what Jasmine is saying. So this was not like prepped. Mm-hmm. And unlike y'all, we didn't have a script. So <laughs> I really hope, Shade, I really hope that they listen to you. So what would it take for you to watch Potomac again? Unpopular opinion. Get rid of everyone except Candace. Oh! Not straight face. Uh, explain. So Giselle and Robin have the same formula and they're not going to give us more than what they've given us already. I think the last season when we saw like Giselle dating um I think his name was Sherman and someone brought Sherman's ex on I think that embarrassed Giselle so badly I don't think we're ever getting real storylines about her love life which is what people want to see because that's that's where you know the most drama lies for her that's the thing when people want to come for Giselle that's what they you you don't have a man you can't keep a man right we want to see her date And, you know, we want to see the ups and downs of that, but she's not going to give us that. So she's gone because of that. While I do, as a reality TV personality, Giselle is good if she was willing to, like, not be such a, this one-note character. She was going to give us some real shit. Giselle could say, but she's not, so she can go. Robin, I used to call Robin, Robin Paint Dry Dixon. Because I just wasn't entertained. Now, what I've heard, though, is that this year she has been bringing it but for me it's a little too late now i know all the things are happening i know i'm never i'm never gonna work in this town again (laughs) (laughs) no this is the gag because of that you are going to work in this town again that's the gag I think for Robin, she has these things going on with Juan's case and like him cheating and all of that. I feel like this is not the stuff that's going on with Juan's case, but the cheating and the marriage, I feel like that's kind of a last ditch effort. Um, But I just, I don't believe it. I don't feel it. I just don't really see it for Robin. I never have, to be honest. That's my bias showing. Like she says, she she doesn't like Wendy. That's why she wasn't defending Wendy. I don't enjoy Robin as a character on the show. So she can go for me. She could have gone a long time ago. Uh, Mia can go. <laughs> I don't need to say too much more about that, but Mia, uh, bye, sweetie. <laughs> I genuinely think that Wendy is an amazing person, and I think she's so smart. She is beautiful. I just think reality TV is going to push Wendy to a place that she's not going to be able to recover from in terms of like who she really wants to be in this world. And so the, for that reason, I think she could go. It's not that I don't enjoy her, but I think she wants to be perceived as something that reality TV is not going to allow her to be. Hmm. Karen, I, listen, I love the grand dame. 
But she can go for me. <laughs> she can go. She's endearing, but it's not giving iconic and legendary like it was the first couple of seasons. Karen has done what she needed to do for this franchise and she can bow out gracefully. That's where I'm going with Karen. And who is left? Ashley. <laughs> Forgot about her too. You know what? I take that back, actually. Because we love a good train wreck. Candace and Ashley can stay because Ashley, I, I need to... I think there's a lot more there with Ashley's story. And um, I, I think Ashley is also very inauthentic um, in the way she shows up on the show as well. But I do think that there is a lot more to go with her story and her children and stuff like that. So I think keep Candace, keep Ashley... Get some more, like, older women. Because I realize Candace and Ashley are very young in, like, housewives speak. So maybe we get some other older women um, to and build a cast around that. But you're the executive producer. What do you think of my, my analysis? <laughs> I really need to think about this. Because I will say this. Prior to you saying that, this is why I love you. Because you and I always think alike. I did say Giselle is never, ever, ever, ever bringing on a man she loves mm-hmm. on the show anymore after Sherman. I said after Sherman, that was heartbreaking for her because I was told behind the scenes Giselle was really in love with Sherman. Like, really in love with him. And he left allegedly because he said, oh, I'm, this, baby, I ain't doing this. It ain't worth it. So he left. So I agree with you there. I've always said, I think it's Ashley's time to go. I really want to think about the rest. Up until you said that, I only said, let Ashley go. And I said, I only think Robin should stay on the show only if we're getting every single thing between her and Juan. Juan must film. He must come to the reunion. Like, he must give us all that. If he's not, Robin can go. And the thing with Giselle, who I love, Giselle's going to have to change. Giselle's going to have to take off her producer hat and give us some vulnerable moments. Do I think Giselle is in love with that Winterhouse guy? No. When I saw that, I said, stop playing in my face. Please stop playing with me. And what reality? We talked about this before when it was Heather and Gina hanging out. And what reality does that matchup actually happen and actually work? And what reality does Giselle Bryant Giselle Kobe Bryant. Work. Hang out with this man and be in a serious relationship and love him. When Giselle told us a couple seasons ago what she likes, I think she said a dark-skinned man, hung like a horse, lots of money. That man is not chocolate. (laughs) I don't know what his genitalia looks like. (laughs) But what I can tell you from the looks of it, it doesn't look like he has the coin for Giselle. And that's no shade to him. He's a young man, though. He's a young, his money isn't long enough for what I think Giselle is kind of requiring now. Giselle has just gotten to the point in her life where she's like, look, I'm just trying to have some fun. I'm just trying to wet my whistle from time to time. Okay, that's believable to me. But not as a serious contender. Like, stop playing with me with that. No, that was a thing. It was like, stop. Again, Giselle likes a dark-skinned man. She said out her own mouth and the other thing Jasmine said. So... That's why Potomac, to me, is in trouble because they're going to have to have truly a real sit-down about what they're willing to give. And based upon that, Jasmine, is when I would say as a producer, you can stay, you can go, Mm -hmm. you can go. Um, I think whose job are safe is Candace and Wendy 
Because I think mm-hmm. Candace and Wendy are willing to give everything to the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like they want to, but they're working with women who want to just have one storyline of how can we embarrass you the most? And people are over it. So you yeah. heard it here from Jasmine and Carlos. In order to make Potomac great again, let's just say a lot of changes are going to have to be made. In order to make Potomac great again, we got to make Potomac real again. And there you have it. Well, thank you, Jasmine Henley Brown. I know you're private, child, but if you want to, honey, let the folks know where they can find you and follow you and support you. Listen, don't follow me. Don't find me. <laughs> Go and subscribe to the podcast that I executive produce. It's Giving Fashion with V. Shea Coulee. You can find that wherever you get your podcast. Also, subscribe and follow The Social Dose. It is your daily dose of everything that's going on in social media. It's like the yesification of social media news, honey. So get into those, follow those, and support those. And there you have it. Thank you, Jazz. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and yes, baby, my YouTube channel where you can get all of my visuals, baby, my expressions. Yes. And don't forget, tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of Kingdom Reign Entertainment. It is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks and executive produced by me, Carlos King. Kingdom Rain Entertainment, baby. Yes. <laughs>